Welcome to the Global Missions Inc. podcast. This week's episode features David Heath. Suffering isn't easy to talk about, and probably before this year, I didn't really suffer much, and Diane used to always say that to me. She said, Dave, it's remarkable how strong and that that I really didn't have a lot of uh, adversity in my life. I looked up the word suffering in the dictionary. I thought that would be a good starting place. The condition of one who suffers, the bearing of pain or distress, and then it, it went into all these different kinds of suffering. Acute, acute pain, physical hurt, pain from an affliction, psychological suffering from the loss of a spouse, or a loved one, extreme mental distress, emotional distress like pain of loneliness, self-imposed stress, pain from loneliness, troubled by pain or loss or fear, sadness or sorrow, discontent or grief, my message gets a little better, so don't get... <laughs> there is a, a, a good ending to it, so praise God. And this list could go on, but I don't want to belabor the issue. But I just want to point out that there's certainly a lot of different kinds of suffering. And I've come to the realization, and again, like Brother Bill was saying, I'm really speaking more to myself because now I've experienced a little more than I ever have before. But I really believe that God allows suffering to come into our life. Our growth and maturity in our life comes through how we handle the things, the trials, the tribulations, the sickness, how well do we handle this? What do we do about it? Who do we give the glory to? Sometimes I was talking to Brother Art last night and he just said, you know, we say we trust God, but when something really happens to us, that's when we trust God. Yeah. Amen. So, through our suffering, we have so many opportunities to grow. And this journey into maturity certainly isn't an easy one. And I guess the older you get, maybe it's, uh, you know, it just shows us more and more that we are human and sometimes frail. The pathway that we walk in is narrow, sometimes steep, and oftentimes our journey is very difficult and lonely. God has so often told us in Scripture, and we've heard this many times this week, that He is always with us. He will never leave us or forsake us. And I, when I was really, I'm going to kind of go into what happened this year, but 
I really had a confidence from the Lord by faith, by the Spirit, that the Lord was going to carry me through, that He was with me, He wouldn't leave me. And, I mean, that he, was, he was testing me or proving me that the things that I've been studying and reading and singing about are actually true. You know, and God is always there with us. Praise God. It's so good to see smiling faces. Amen. Praise God. I'm, I'm not going to belabor this because a lot of times I don't like to talk about myself, but just to kind of, if, if people don't know, but it's been very challenging for Diane and I. We both suffered physically this year and we both came down with COVID in late January. Uh, we both tested positive and uh, Diane was right off, I mean, she was really sick. I mean, high fever and vomiting and um, so I took her to the doctor after about two or three days and she just wasn't responding. She wasn't eating, um, dehydrated and the doctor really didn't do much. I mean, he just said, you know, take some cough medicine and drink a lot of fluids and whatever, but I looked at the doctor and said, if Diane has COVID, I'll bet I do. So I went, got tested, and I felt great. I mean, I could have, I could have ran a mile, but they said you had COVID. So, um, but I developed a horrible cough. I mean, and I, I have a susceptibility in my lungs, kind of a weakness, and immediately went into a terrible cough, and it got worse and worse, and. For about two weeks, I got chest x-rays, and the doctor said, something's going on in your lungs. So um, the doctor ordered a CT scan, and this was about two weeks after I was diagnosed. But, And again, I don't want to belabor this, but I just want to show the glory of the Lord in how he touched the situation. But the CT scan um, indicated that I had double pneumonia, which... Obviously, that kind of understood why I was coughing so much, but they also said that I had blood clots. And when I heard that, it's it's kind of like when the doctor tells you you have cancer. When the doctor says you have blood clots, it's kind of like, oh my goodness, you know. Um, but again, the Lord, that there was a peace that swept over my soul, and I didn't fear. It, I I really didn't, but. Uh, I called Diane, and I was in Winston-Salem. I called Diane and Jessica, and I just said, I have blood clots, and they both kind of, ah. But they also, uh, the CT scan indicated I had a problem with my thyroid and said that I could have cancer, and I just had my thyroid removed three weeks ago. But that's why I wear uh, shirts that button, and my voice is a little raspy. But um, praise God, they took the thyroid out, and I have no cancer. So I just I, I praise God for that. <clears throat> the doctor told me when I had blood clots, he said, I want you to sit in a comfortable chair in your living room for about five or six weeks. And I went... Because I, I'm kind of an active person, and I like to be on the go and doing things, and sometimes just going in circles. But I am, I am doing things. But again, the Lord gave me such peace. I really, I just, I, I was obedient. 
The amazing thing is the doctor said, I should put you in the hospital, but he said, you're strong, your vitals are good, so he said, I'm going to send you home. But I just thank the Lord because he'd call me a couple times a day, what are your vitals, Dave? And I'd, he said, boy, that's really good. But I mean, and I really didn't have pain, I didn't suffer, and I was just obedient. We've talked a lot about obedience this week, but... And, of course, a loving wife that kind of kept me down. And I didn't really, for five or six weeks, I just I just stayed still and and knew that, that, that God was there with me. I went back in for a chest X-ray, and the doctor said, boy, things are clearing up quickly, and I had no pain, and my oxygen was okay. And I just want to give God the glory. I don't, I don't mean to belabor the issue, but just... To show when we say that that God gives us peace beyond all understanding, I really experienced it, and so did Diane. I mean, we really we we weren't fretful, and uh, but I had a lot of time to spend as I was sitting in the chair and doing a lot of praying and reading and studying, and maybe I shouldn't have been doing that, but I can't just sit idle. Um, but God started pointing me. He said, you know, you've been going through a lot of suffering, but let, let's look at, at Jesus and what he went through and what he suffered. And that really kind of changed my tune, um, or at least my focus, I mean, not, not a tune. But um, So I, in the last three or four weeks, I've done a lot of studying in the Bible on suffering and I really focused on Jesus and what he suffered and 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 died all to fulfill his father's will and I'm going to start I know we read this last night Lisa Isaiah the prophet and you don't necessarily have to turn to it I'm just going to kind of highlight some verses but to talk about how Jesus suffered I don't even know if I can describe it. Um, in Isaiah 52, verse 14, Isaiah said, Jesus' visage, his appearance was so marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. We come to the realization that no other man before Jesus or after Jesus ever suffered as much as he did for us. He suffered and died for us. Going into Isaiah 53, starting in verse 2, He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Verse 3, he was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. That's, that's one of those sufferings, grief. Rejected, despised. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, 
smitten of God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Isaiah 53 is still alive. His life, his health is still flowing among us. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He carried all of our sin to the cross. He was oppressed and afflicted, but he opened not his mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shearers is dumb, he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison, from judgment. Who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. He made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. And yet, and this is really the verse that really struck me, was it pleased the Lord to bruise him. That really, that must have been one of the the worst sufferings that Jesus went through was that even when he was on the cross, he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But Jesus couldn't look at sin. Jesus was on the cross carrying our sin, yet he was without sin, and that that was stressed a couple times this week. I'm going to jump ahead to another verse. Um, Hebrews 4, verse 15. If I would have had a little more foresight, I would have had the young people help me with these verses. I apologize. We have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. No other man who has ever lived has suffered so much as Jesus. All for us. There's a song that we used to sing, through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God Through it all, I've learned to depend upon his word. In those several weeks of waiting on the Lord when I was suffering, I did a lot of praying and trusting and reading and seeking the Lord. And as Calvin mentioned the other morning, be still and know that I am God. And the Lord gave me that assurance that he was there, that he was God. And in the quietness of the living room, I just had that peace. And as I said, I had no fear at all. 
it's interesting. A couple of weeks ago, I went back to my my lung doctor, and he just said, "Dave, that really could have been bad." And that was—I mean, I'm not—I don't feel I'm naive, but you know, I was just kind of kind of walking through what I was going through. But the doctor said it really could have been bad. But praise God that I that we're here tonight, and that I I'm completely well. Amen. As we said this morning, draw nigh unto God, he will draw nigh unto us. When Jesus walked on the earth 2,000 years ago, he certainly showed us how to bear our burdens and how to endure suffering. Hebrews 5, verses 8 and 9 says, And though he was a son, he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. I I was talking to Brother David a couple nights ago about the humanness of Jesus versus the divine. You know, and the Lord did it so graciously, so, um, I mean, I don't think anybody really knew, but when he was in the back of the boat, he was certainly human. Um, when he was suffering in the Garden of Gethsemane, and travailing over what he was going to be facing, he was very human. He's sweating as if blood. I got a little ahead here in reading the verse. Um, But Jesus learned obedience. And you think, well, if Jesus was God, why does he have to learn obedience? But he was born as a son, as a human, and to, he had to go through suffering to learn how to obey his Father's will and all the things that he went through. Jesus said, we will have tribulation, and we should expect it. In John sixteen thirty three, these things have I spoken unto you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Brother Brian this morning said, there is something coming, and we all feel it, but some of it's even the travail of the birth pains for the manifestation of the sons of God. And this is what God has called us to, And this is some of the things that we're tribulating about is because we know that manifestation is coming of the sons of God. But we shouldn't be surprised in the things that we go through, our trials and suffering. In 1 Peter 4.12, Peter said, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial that is to try you, as though some strange thing has happened to you. In Romans 8.37, Paul said, and this has been said a couple times this week, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us, and God will help us through our difficult times. Praise God. Not necessarily to get out of things, but God's given us the grace and the strength 
to endure and overcome these things. And that's where the saints are made. This is something that Brother Rick read the other day, Zechariah 13.9, but it really hit my heart. And I will bring them, the, the Bible says a third part, I don't know if that's a remnant or just a smaller number, but I will bring them through the fire and I will refine them as silver is refined and I will try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name and I will hear them. And I will say, it is my people. And they shall say, the Lord is my God. What a wonderful admonition. In the Old Testament, we know that Job suffered a lot. A lot was take, taken away from him. Um, but he knew that God was with him as he was being tested. In Job 23.10, But God knows the way that I take. And when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. Praise God. And you know what happened to Job? God restored everything. Praise God. One more scripture on refinement. In Malachi 3.3, the scripture says that he will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi, refine them as gold and silver, that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. Through our testing times, sometimes we feel that we are in the furnace of affliction. And But God is refining us. He's removing our flesh piece by piece, our impurities. He's making us more and more into the image of Christ. Like Brother Bill said the other day, our single purpose is to be conformed into the image of his son. I kind of went back in the last day or two and tried to bring little um, nuggets that have come out this week, like, uh, like Brother Barney did also. Peter told us that we should expect suffering in our lives. In 1 Peter 5.10, But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, um, you will become perfect, established, strengthened, and settle you. Peter shows us the benefits of suffering. In our times of overwhelming trouble and testing, God wants us to offer him a sacrifice of thanksgiving with joy in the midst of it all. When when I read that with joy, I thought, boy, how could you know, how can you have joy when you're going through these things? That was the hard part for me, but James is telling us don't give up. Count it all joy when you fall into various I don't know if I gave that. Did I give the scripture? James 1, 2, and 3. My brother, and count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, endurance, 
or perseverance. And again, this was difficult for me to think that I'm going to have joy through this, but it isn't a joy, ha-ha, but it's a joy knowing that God is going to take care of us. God wants us to be thankful, full of joy in the midst of our battles. Remember, the battle is not ours, the battle is the Lord's. The victory has been won, and we will be victorious, praise God, because Jesus was victorious. But we need to be obedient and put our whole trust in him. So if you read a lot of the blessings and the curses in in Scripture, it's very conditional. If you obey me, I will bless you. If you don't, there will be curses in your life. So to be obedient to God and to put all of our trust in him. The following scripture, and I have just a couple more here. But this is this is how we grow through our tribulations. And in Romans 5, verses 1 to 5, it's labeled faith that triumphs in trouble. In verse 1, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand, we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We also glory in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, endurance. Perseverance develops approved character, And character produces hope. And we talked a little about hope this morning. A hope that does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. I want to reread that verse. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given it to us. So we have to realize that tribulation has been, God allowed tribulation to come into our life. What what does crushing grapes produce? Sweet, a sweet wine. But it's going through a travail, a tribulation. And I'm sure that the grapes are saying, what are you doing to me? But look, but look at the end product. That's just, that's just an example of tribulation. We should consider our tribulations not as obstacles, but that we glory in our tribulation, and then we will have so much more opportunity for spiritual growth. Tribulation brings patience or endurance. God is encouraging us not to give up. Stand strong. Keep pressing in. We should have patience in our trials and tribulations. Be assured that God is doing a work in each one of us. He said in Philippians, the work that I have begun in each one of you, I will perfect. Praise God. Perseverance brings experience. We grow through our hard and difficult experiences. Our experiences 
change things. And through these experiences, we can then reach out to others. In 1 Corinthians, I think, chapter 1, um, it says, with the same comfort that I've given you, you can comfort others. I don't have the specific um, scripture verse. And finally, character brings hope. We can tell others of the hope that we have, Christ in us, the hope of glory. We can tell others that Christ has risen from the dead and we can have his resurrection life in us. So don't be ashamed of the gospel of God or of Christ. Tell others what Jesus has done for you. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. So without hope, life would be almost impossible. I think of another song. I think the beautiful, when you're reading scripture, you, a, a song will just pop right out, of, right out of the words. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. We have the assurance that Jesus is with us all the way, along the way. And in, in Philippians, and I remember... Patty Neve used to sing this song in our assembly. God said, we're going to make it. And she used to come marching up to the front of church, and it was so beautiful. This should be our goal as Christians, to endure our suffering, to grow and mature in Him, and let the beauty of Jesus be seen in us. As I started off kind of talking about all the different kinds of suffering, I said that the message gets a little better at the end, but I was I was reading in Revelation 21 today, and let me just read verses 3 and 4, and this is just such a, such a victory that, and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be my people. And God himself shall be with them, and will be their God. But this this is the verse, verse 4. And there will be a time. I'm not sure when this is going to happen, Rick. But God shall wipe away all of our tears from our eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. (laughs) Amen. Let's just. (laughs) Wow. Praise God. Appreciate you, Risa. God bless you. Amen. Sometimes I wish I could. Praise the Lord more. I, if you watch me watch a football game, you can. But and I have a little 
speaking of suffering, and I, I wasn't going to bring this up, and, and I know it's getting late, I apologize, but um, I went to a, an all-boys or all-men's um, high school in Milwaukee, and we had 211 in our freshman class. 189 went out for football. Um, and, I, and I wanted to tell Brian because there weren't enough uniforms. So... So what they did was they worked us hard for two days before we got uniforms. And I couldn't walk after two days. I mean, that was the suffering that I went through. So when it, when it came after two days, they said, sorry, Dave, but we don't have a uniform for you. But anyway, so that was my suffering, but praise God. I was, I was going to try to keep this serious, but, uh, but we have a lot to look forward to. We really do. Praise God. And it's all going to be worth it, Risa. Praise God. In closing, I, I have a song. I don't, I don't know. Um, I just, I have the words to a song. Um, somebody gave this to me a couple of weeks ago and, and I just read it and I thought, boy, what a, what a way to summarize what, what I just talked about. And I don't even know the name of this song. When I cannot understand God's leading, when I do not know the reason why, he should choose the path that lies before me, still to him in faith I can reply. Here's the chorus. I will trust when I cannot see, when I'm faced with adversity, and believe your will is always best for me. I will trust when I cannot see. When I feel the sting of disappointment and my dreams lie crumbled in the dust, when my best adds up to loss and failure and the things that happen seem so unjust, I will trust when I cannot see, when I'm faced with adversity and believe your will is always best for me I will trust when I cannot see. When I face the furnace of affliction and the pain seems more than I can bear, when I think it's strange, this fiery trial, still I'll tell my blessed Lord in prayer. When I read that, I just, after I did this study and and I read this, I thought, oh my goodness, what a conclusion. I, I just stand amazed at the Holy Spirit, how through this week, it's, it's, it's like an embroidery that just keeps being put together and all these little pieces fit so beautifully. And I know there was a couple of analogies of puzzles and whatever, but uh, I just, I, I thank the Lord. What an awesome God we serve. Praise God. If you would like more information about the moving of God's Spirit or resources for your spiritual life, please visit our website at www.globalmissionsinc.org.